You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Wednesday to you all. Uh, that's it. That's the open. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire, through USA Today Sports Media Group. Honestly, don't still don't have a lot to really get into. I mean, we haven't had basketball for a couple weeks plus now. Uh, they are gearing up for a Sunday game at Wisconsin. We didn't have a podcast yesterday. We will have a post game for the uh, for the Wisconsin game to discuss whatever happens there. But otherwise, the rest of the week will go on as planned. For today, however, uh, we are going to get into, I put together a list that I posted on Wolverine's Wire that is, list, is ranking the position groups in order from my least amount of confidence into that group into the most amount of confidence in that group. So we're going to split that up. Uh, there are... 11 position groups we're going to split that up into i think like four three and four or something like that four four and three and uh we'll discuss why where i have confidence where i don't have confidence all of that stuff uh and we're obviously going in order of least to most confident so there's plenty of Confidence at the upper ends to some degree because there's nothing really that i look at with this team and say like Okay, I feel awesome about it, unfortunately. Whereas going into this last season, I felt awesome about a lot of it. Now, the good news is you look at the advanced analytics, SP Plus by Bill Connolly. I always want to say SMP. He corrected me on Twitter with that once. But uh, that's uh, Michigan ranked 23rd. A lot of returning talent. That's the good news. So as not good as the season was, at least you got a lot of experience now. You're only really losing two guys on the defense. Offensively, you lose. I mean, you can't even count Zach Charbonnet because he only had 19 carries last year. But you lose Nick Eubanks, who split his time relatively evenly with Eric All. I'd have to look at the snap counts. You lose Jalen Mayfield, who was out for most of the season with injury. And that's kind of it. <laughs> you, you you return a, a team that has mostly a bunch of guys that played. So that's the good news. So before we even get into, I mean, I should say before we even get into that, it's not exactly accurate. But what I will tell you is, is I have this list of 11 position groups. And the one that I, the position group I'm least confident in, and this is a problem for the defense, is linebacker. There's a correlation. This is one of the things that I, I was talking to some colleagues uh, just randomly about. It seems like the teams that have the best defenses have the best linebacker play. You look at what Michigan was 2016, 2017, 2018. You had either a linebacking core that featured Jabril Peppers, or Devin Bush. Two guys that could erase mistakes to some degree. More so Bush than Peppers, but Peppers was very good. And I know a lot of people wanted to see more from him, but, I mean, Michigan was asking a ton from him. 
There's a reason why he is still starting in the NFL. But the linebacking core, I find really troubling for multiple reasons. Uh, number one, you lose your primary middle linebacker in Cam McGrone. Number two, you don't have a set like middle of the linebacking core replacement for him right out the gates. And three, I have no idea what this is going to look like personnel-wise with a 3-4. So they they are the ones that don't get the benefit of the doubt that I give the defensive line, which keeping in mind the defense, defensive line had been among my least confident position groups for the last couple of years. Uh, going into spring ball, going into the season. With linebacker, we'll at least have some answers coming out of spring ball, or at least we should. But when it comes to returning experience, you got Josh Ross, and he did not have a very good year this last year, but, I mean, at least you return, you know, returning experience is usually good regardless. So at least you have Josh Ross returning. You have Michael Barrett. And then who knows how they're going to figure out those other positions does Ben Van Sumeren who had his first year at linebacker in the program does he end up being an inside guy is he an outside guy do you use a guy like Jalen Harrell do you continue to use that viper position outside what do you do with uh the other like another inside position are you looking at a guy like Cornell Wheeler are you looking at a guy like Nikai Hill Green are you looking at a guy like Anthony Solomon to be inside or outside. How do you figure all that out? More questions than answers when it comes to linebacking core. So that is my number 11 when it comes to trying to figure out where, what, what position groups are net positives, net negatives, biggest question marks, all that kind of stuff. My next one is tight end. And I feel like I'm a little bit more confident in tight end with Jay Harbaugh taking over. Not that Sharon Moore is, isn't a good coach. It's just that, We've seen what Jay Harbaugh has done with the tight ends. We know that he's good at working with the tight ends because we've seen it. But no more Nick Eubanks. Eric All did not have a good year last year. They love him so much, but he just didn't have a good year. Will he rebound? I would bet that, yes, he would rebound. So you've got Eric All, and then you got Luke Shoemaker who showed some flashes in 2019, particularly in the Illinois game. But outside of that, like, it's unknown. Where's Matthew Hibner in his development? He was a four-star. How is Louis Hansen going to be when he arrives? He's another four-star. He won't arrive until being a mid-year, so he doesn't really count in the spring conversation. But you've got three guys there. And it's a virtually unknown at this point. Next in the position group that most people would probably have as the last is uh, cornerback, and I, I I didn't they certainly didn't deserve to be last anymore. But it, it's when you look at corner, it, it's a position group that was a liability to begin the season, and it got better as the season went along. So that's. That's good news. How's Mo Linguist going to be as a coach compared to Mike Zordich? That's a big question. Uh, I mean, you feel good based off of his track record. Uh, but at the same time, 
Mike Zordich had a really solid track record with the with the corners. They were atrocious to begin the year, and both Vincent Gray and Jamon Green got better by the time that they took their last snaps of the season. So that's good news that they were able to do what they were able to do. Jamon Green was your best player on either side of the ball against Penn State, period. So that's a, a huge positive. Vincent Gray, somewhere in that Wisconsin game, seemed to have figured his stuff out, and he was significantly better. Plus, you've got all kinds of guys that you can feel are like should be ready to take that step, whether it be the, the third-year guys, DJ Turner, Jalen Perry, the second-year guys, Andre Seldon, Darian Green-Warren. They don't really have any corners to speak of. They just have Jaden McBurrows. I feel like that's going to be a minute before he starts to see the field. But that would be the one where I, I, I like the progression that they took. And if the if Vincent Gray and Jamon Green at least continue from where they left off, it should be a decent position group. But we still have questions because new scheme, new coaches, lots of questions. Finishing us out in segment one is offensive line. They acquitted themselves really well last year when you consider like Michigan had the the least amount of sacks in the allowed in the conference. And they did this with this constant makeshift offensive line because all this talk going into the season was four new starters, four new starters, four new starters. By the end of the year, you had three more guys playing that weren't starters on day one because Vistardis was out, Jalen Mayfield was out, and uh, they they just kind of shifted things around. So you saw doses of Trevor Keegan. You saw doses of Zach Zinter. Super would move to the outside. Uh, Ryan Hayes still wasn't in yet again. He started the season. He was back in uniform, but he didn't play, but... Carson Barnhart got better as the season went along. And now you, you've got a new look again because a lot of those guys are back. Every Like pretty much everyone I said is back, right? It, we don't know about Vistardis. There's been no declaration if he's back or not for a sixth year. But you got Willie Allen who's come in, former four-star from LSU, ended up being a three-star at uh, Louisiana Tech kind of been around the block, but he's coming in as a grad transfer. You figure you got him and Hayes, maybe him and Barnhart as your bookends. Stuber back inside. Vistardis or Reese Atterbury inside. If not one of those, then you're looking at Greg Crippen or Raheem Anderson, both who are mid-year guys, so that's good news. And then at left guard, Chuck Filiaga. So, uh, and with Sharon Moore, you keep in mind he's back to his native position. He hasn't been coaching offensive line, but that's what he played at Oklahoma. So he did it at a very high level. So that is the bottom end. Let's continue with the next four here in a moment, the mid-range ones. But before we do, i got to tell you a little bit about Built Bar. You all know how much I love Built Bar. It is my favorite protein bar. I had two yesterday. Absolutely delicious. Tastes like a candy bar. Not gritty. You don't need a bottle of water to wash it down. I don't even think I had any water with it. Like you, We used to say that back when I first got them, and I still would have a bottle of water. 
But seriously, it's like a candy bar. They're more delicious, increasingly more delicious the more that I've had them. Absolutely incredible tasting. Low carb, low sugar, low calorie, high protein. That's everything you need. So go to BuiltBar.com, put in promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off of your next order. And I'm telling you, they've got a they've got a new flavor that they just put out. I think it's the best. Coconut uh, brownie chunk or something like that. Unbelievable. Those That's what I had two of. I had one, and I'm like, well, I'm having a second one right away because it's that delicious. So BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so getting back to our list, number seven. So we'll go seven through four here. Position group, kicker. I didn't say kickers, I said kicker, and that is why that's not higher. Not to mention Jake Moody had some field goal struggles last year. So that's an issue because who's next? Tommy Doman he's not on campus until mid-year or when I say mid-year I don't mean as a mid-year enrollee I mean middle of the actual year summer Tommy Doman's a five-star kicker punter but it, it seems like this is going to be Jake Moody's show and he was stellar he's as a true freshman and less so kind of going forward so he's got to take a step forward because it's his show maybe it will help him not platooning with Quinn Nordine having the pressure maybe is better for him but that that's it I don't I don't know who else they they have to be honest who's that next guy no idea my next one is the most interesting position battle of of it all and it's the most important one it's quarterback Chris Hummer, 24-7 Sports, had a really good article this morning on the uh, Michigan's quarterback situation, saying that it's maybe the most intriguing in the nation because you, you'll you have three guys who could start at a lot of places. But the way that they showed, as far as the two that played last year, it's a complete incomplete. I know a lot of people out there don't want to see Joe Milton ever again. Listen, just because he didn't do well, and it's again, eventually, it was his fault. But it wasn't his fault that they couldn't make plays defensively against Michigan State and that they were had some really weird play calling. It wasn't his fault that the defense couldn't stop Indiana at all and they were playing from behind. Two games they were playing from behind. Not his fault. Didn't run him the way they did against Minnesota. Against Minnesota, they put him in positions where you're like okay I can see what's happening here 
This is this is the right move. They didn't do that for the rest of the year with Joe Milton. He lost his confidence by Wisconsin. Cade McNamara certainly looked better, but like at the same time, like we talk about him and what he did against Rutgers and how he looked for a minute against Wisconsin and what little we saw him against Penn State. He's definitely a gamer. Is he that guy to take you to that next level? We don't know yet. But it's his first experience, so that's good. Will it be J.J. McCarthy? Would Could you actually have a true freshman starting? I still think it's a hard hill for him to overcome a couple guys who have been in the system for a couple years. But maybe he's just that talented. I don't think you can necessarily go wrong with any of the three, assuming that they play better than what we saw. I think that you could you could win a lot of games with any of the above, but they need a lot more from that position than what they got. It doesn't matter if the def- like the defense lost them games early on. That just is true. The offense certainly cost them going forward not being able to at least match the intensity of some of these other teams. Because, yeah, the defense, let another team score. If you can at least keep up with them and score all the same, then whatever. And they weren't able to do that. Jim Harbaugh overseeing the position now, again. You hope that that we see a little bit more of what we saw earlier in his Michigan tenure. Rudock and Spate looked very good while they were out there. It took... Rudock a little while. It didn't take Spate long at all by the time that he was the starter. That's what they need to be. If Michigan is needs is going to be elite, like it's capable of being, the offense needs to look the way it did in 2016. Where against most teams, it's 21 nothing before you blink. It's what you see from teams like Ohio State. And that's fully incumbent on the quarterback. Defensive line is my next one. I have less concerns about the defensive line uh, when going into the 3-4. I should have more probably because I don't know that you have a true nose, that true space eater up front. And to some degree, I give it a little bit of leeway where I'm, I'm like, all right, maybe they have Taylor Upshaw or Aiden Hutchinson or one of those guys be that stand-up guy as a fourth linebacker. I don't know how they're going to approach it yet. But at least the personnel that they bring to the table, is it elite like it used to be? I'm not sure. Is it beyond serviceable? I think so. Donovan Jeter's back. Uh, Chris Hinton is five-star. Certainly looked really good at part at times last year. I still like Jess Spate. I like what I saw from Julius Welshoff. It Was it elite? last year in the middle no they needed to be better than they were but that was the least of my concerns in the defense the more the bigger concern with the defensive line was the fact that they weren't getting home as far as sacks they weren't getting pressure but they were holding their own up front for the most part a lot of returning experience you add Braden McGregor who's finally healthy Uh, I didn't even mention like Gabe Newberg who looked pretty good against Wisconsin when he was asked to come in late. You've got some pieces. So I like that. 
We'll finish it, this up with seg- in, uh, in segment two with another specialist group, and that's punter, punters, I could say. Uh, Tommy Doman will be here eventually, but he doesn't count for the spring. Brad Robbins supplanted Will Hart twice, and Will Hart transferred out. So he's your guy. Now, Tommy Doman will eventually be your guy, but Brad Robbins, barring any kind of other injuries, is your guy. And I feel pretty good about what Michigan's putting out there in that light. All right, that'll do it for us in segment two. Let's finish out with the the top three position groups heading into spring. Spring, which is a little bit more than a month away. Don't know when it's going to start. Last year was going to start like March 20th or so. So let's get to that momentarily. But before we do, I have to talk a little bit about BetOnline. BetOnline.ag, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, the NHL, they're in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, award shows, TV shows, reality TV, anything that you want with real-time updated odds and perhaps on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website use your, or use your mobile device to sign up today. Put in promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, finishing us out in the podcast, period. We have three position groups that I feel confident in. Still have questions, but I feel confident in. Starts with wide receiver. You've got Josh Gaddis, who coached wide receivers, the offensive coordinator overseeing the group, along with Ron Bellamy, who they just brought in. Ron Bellamy, a former Michigan wide receiver, played at a high level, played in the NFL. So you got... Some good stuff there. As far as personnel, they lost no one. So that is huge. Ronnie Bell leads the leads the group, of course. Cornelius Johnson showed you some things. Giles Jackson, still dynamic. Roman Wilson, fast. So there is a lot to like about those guys. The ones that we need to know more about that return, Mike Sainer still did not have a good year. And we just didn't see enough A.J. Henning. Then you got the three others who are all early enrollees. I believe Xavier Worthy did eventually make it to campus after some setbacks. Xavier Worthy, Andrew Anthony, who Jim Harbaugh raved and raved and raved about back in December, and Christian Dixon. Having them all there is good news. You got to get a quarterback that can get them the ball. And for their part, they got to get separation. I think the the pieces are there, as pessimistic as it might feel coming out of last season. I think the pieces are there for this offense to be really explosive. We didn't see it except for in one game. But I think all the components are there. They, they need to do it more than one game. That's the big key. But this 
you look top to bottom, and, and I mentioned all of those names. I mean, that's an impressive, impressive receiving core on paper. But I think that's another reason why I'm pessimistic to some degree. Like, I'm optimistic in my ranking, but I'm pessimistic just in my head because I think about Donovan Peoples-Jones, Tariq Black, Oliver Martin, you know, having that wide, that big group of, of guys that were just really good, and they didn't end up being really good. Like, on paper, they were really good, but they didn't end up being that. So I have some trepidation, but theoretically, this is the this could be the best Michigan wideout group. Speed everywhere, speed and space. Ahead of the wide receivers, I ranked a the defensive position I'm most confident in, and that's safeties. Brad Hawkins is back. Daxton Hill is back. So you got your two starters. Hawkins didn't have as good a year last year as he did the year before. But you know what? I, I feel confident that, you know, if you have at least a really good year and you've had good play for a couple years, that that's probably an aberration. So I feel good about Brad Hawkins coming back. Daxton Hill still hasn't looked necessarily the part of being a five-star. He's shown flashes of it. He's had some bad games last week, uh, last year. But you feel good about that. Then you've still got all kinds of guys that are around that we haven't seen yet or that we've seen a little bit of. Hunter Reynolds, I thought, played really, really well last year when he was asked to come in. Macari Page was a true freshman, kind of getting his feet wet. So that then you've got R.J. Moten. You've got Quinton Johnson. You've got Jordan Morant. You've got Sammy Faustin. That is a group that is loaded. And the good news is they'll actually have a position coach this year because last year they didn't. So I, I feel like safety is a position where you can feel really good about. The unfortunate thing is a lot of the onus could be put upon them if linebacker ends up not being good or if cornerback doesn't end up being good. It's, it's going to be hard to really say the safeties are really good. We just got to have to see it in practice. Number one, running back. It was my number one last year. Didn't end up looking the part, but that was due to a weird rotation and falling behind by double digits every single game. Except for, what, one? The first game, they fell behind by a touchdown. But other, other than that, every other single game, I don't think Penn State, they fell behind by double digits right out the gates. But every other game, they fell behind by double digits, Rutgers included. You've got three guys that you feel awesome about. Two returnees in Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum and arguably the most talented running back to come through Ann Arbor and sometime in Donovan Edwards. All on campus now, all ready to go. I feel really good about that. You got a dedicated run, running backs coach that has proven results in Mike Hart. He's done it before here at Michigan. I, I Again, as long as the rotation is smarter, you pick a starter. I'm assuming it would be Haskins and you run with them. You pick how you use these guys instead of all willy-nilly like it was last year. It feels like a really good position group. And it's the one that, again, is just like as far as the talent that you've got at your disposal – 
I mean, you've got three guys. I mean, I feel like any program in the country should feel lucky to have three guys of that caliber. I feel good about it. We'll see what happens. All right. That will do it for us today. We'll be back tomorrow with the mailbag. I put out the call for mailbag questions, so get those questions in. Appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.